Thanks for listening to that great Mank pod. Please do us a massive favour and subscribe to this podcast. And if you can, leave us a review on iTunes. Both are a massive help, enabling us to promote the people and the great causes we champion to a much bigger audience. If you want to get in touch, give us a follow on Twitter at Great Mank Pod and drop us a DM. Cheers. You're listening to That Great Mank Pod, Greater Manchester's community podcast. Top one arcade. Rachel, would you like to tell us who you are and what you do? Yeah, so um, I'm Rachel and I'm a social worker in Stockport um, and I work on a team that's called Aspire. So um, it's basically the complex safeguarding team. So we deal with any young people who might be at risk of exploitation, whether criminally or sexually, um, or they are being exploited. Um, So they'll get passed over to our team for us to kind of work with them in a relationship model, really. Um, So, yeah, that's the team that I'm on. And then twice a year, we do what we call week of action, um, which we kind of try and get out into the communities um, and to different places to kind of raise awareness of exploitation. Because what they say is, you know, exploitation is everybody's business. There's anybody who's not in the profession, who's just working in a shop or is working at the train station, just a normal person, a neighbour, Anybody can spot signs of exploitation. Um, so I think that was kind of our purpose to get out and about and raise awareness as what can you do as a as a member of the community to protect our children. Um, so this so is did... along the lines of like it takes a village to raise a child rather than yeah. is it that kind of sort of idea. Yeah, definitely, because as a social worker, like you only get so much information and there's only so much you can do as one person. But when we're getting information from the community and people just that are seeing things or hearing things that just don't seem quite right that's where we kind of piece everything together and and safeguard children so as in exploitation so it you know the people listening to this and you're saying you want them to join in and and help with the work that you do what kind of things would you i know exploitation is quite a big word uh i couldn't spell it but what's you know what kind of things do you want them to look out for or what kind of sort of signs yeah, definitely. So I, I always love we we put our young people at the centre of everything that we do. So if you kind of Google exploitation, I think it's got about three paragraphs explaining what it actually is. But the young people came up with their own definition. So I think that's a good starting point just to say, like, this is what it is. And their definition was when somebody you trusted takes advantage of you and makes you do something um, for their benefit. So whether that would be making them do something criminally or making them do something sexually. So um, if you were a member of the community, things that you could look out for is um, a young person, you know, that might be with somebody older, might be with a group of older people, um, might be getting on trains on their own, um, might be trying to buy tickets for things that you think they can't really afford that, but they've got the funds for that. We've had young people who've gone into, I don't know what they're called, you know those shops like in the, where you can buy anything from them, but you can take things in to sell as well. What are yeah. they called? The, um, the, 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 the something converters and, yeah. and what have you. I don't <laughs> want to name, <laughs> I don't want to name brand names, but yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We can go in buy everything yeah. and anything, yeah. What you used to call yeah. pawn shops in the yeah. past, didn't it? Yeah. So you can go and take your old iPhone in there, can't you, and stuff like that. 
Um, but we've had young people where they've gone in there and bought quite expensive things. Mm. But actually, what we've said to like shopkeepers and stuff is they're the kind of things that you could look out for to think, how have you got those funds? You know, you're only 12, 13, but you're spending like hundreds of pounds in the shop. Like, where's that money coming from? Yeah. Um, it's just little things like that that they could report in. And it, they might think it's insignificant, but actually it might be a piece of the puzzle that's missing for that young person. Um, you know, people who um, they're getting on trains, they're getting on buses and, and they're worried about a young person, the way they're looking, if they look scared, um, you know, to try and approach them and just say, is there anything you need? Do you need any help? Um, for parents, you know, especially parents and carers or whoever that young person lives with, they can spot things that they're like the first people to spot things. So a change in a child's behaviour, um, if they're becoming more isolated or becoming more aggressive, um, if they've got new belongings that they can't account for, it might be new trainers, new tops, jewellery. It's just to ask those questions. Yeah. You know, it might be that your, you know, you guys might have family that come to visit your house and they might have nice jewellery and stuff. It's just being curious to say, oh, where did you get that from? And it might be that their auntie bought them or it might be that it's a friend that bought them, but it might be that somebody's grooming them and there's, that you know that grooming stage of exploitation is where they shower them with gifts they're building that trust we're going to look after you that very quickly changes and then the young person can present very different they might look disheveled they might be coming back because they might have had to stay in trap houses um you know they're coming back looking like they've they've not washed themselves for a few days they've not eaten it's those kind of things that you know we want people to look out for and when you say young people, what kind of age range are we talking about that you look after? Um, so the ages we focus on are between 11 and 18. However, we are seeing an increase in younger younger children being targeted mm. as young as eight, nine, um, and particularly for criminal exploitation. Yeah. Um, and we did see a massive increase um, to our team over covid um, because all the young people were, were not being seen where they weren't at school, they weren't going to the community groups, that is their safe place, like if they were boxing, swimming or whatever. Um, they were all online and that's when we saw a massive increase because perpetrators saw it as an opportunity. Um, you know, the kids are all online, this is the best way to kind of contact them and groom them. So we did see a huge increase. Um, we've got younger kids who, you know, are being targeted Um and things that make them more vulnerable are kind of if they go to an alternative provision. So if they're not in mainstream school, um, if they go to an alternative provision, their hours are less. Um, so perpetrators like rub their hands together. That's perfect for them. They're unseen. Whereas if school, a child who goes to school from quarter to nine till half three, you know, for most that day, they're, they're under adult supervision, aren't they? So we can protect our children. If these kids are on part-time timetables, they're leaving at 12 you know, they not, might not go home straight away. They're unseen and that that's the perpetrators is what they look for. Um, I mean, these perpetrators, they, they put in a lot of effort, don't they? You know, when you talk about it like that, this isn't just a passing, you know, let's see what we can do. It, it, I mean, it's massively organised, isn't it? And, yeah. and I think now that nowadays you probably see more about it on TV. Like, you know, you see young kids on the trains transporting all sorts of stuff up and down the UK and uh, yeah. so there's you know you, you you kind of become well I personally speaking from a personal part of you have become more aware of it um 
but yeah, it's just the thought that there's, and I'm, I'm not naive by any stretch of the imagination, but there's people out there who are spending lots and lots of time and money doing this for all sorts of nefarious reasons. And that's, yeah. and that's what you're competing against, isn't it? Well, yeah. I had, uh, I mean, actually, I re- uh, I actually had the honour of meeting up with, you know, Sarah Robotham uh, over mm. at Rochdale, who, who blew up the um, the grooming gangs and stuff like that. And she, I mean, she went through a lot herself trying to defend the kids and doing exactly yeah. what you say. And I met her and had a chat with her. And I think she, and I will say her, and the, and the police officer that was involved in it changed everything, didn't they? You know, yeah. Um, there was the television program. They made people more aware of that these things could be happening to your kid, you know. Yeah. And especially, do you see a lot more with um, since social media? You know, obviously, you know these people would have had to meet the kids out and about. Whereas now, the what scares me, and I've got two lads, and Paul's got three lads, is that they can these perpetrators these can access children in the in their own home now. Yeah. Exactly. And, you know, Snapchat is the enemy in my eyes because it. what's so scary about it is everything disappears. Yeah. So in terms of like tracking information is really tricky. And, you know, as a parent, you want to kind of monitor who your child's speaking to. As they get older, you want to you want to like let them have some privacy. But ultimately, we're there to protect them as well. And we have to look at, you know, who are they speaking to? We get so many young people now who have no sense of I'll only add my friends it can be an absolute complete stranger and they'll accept them and allow them to follow them so we actually did a workshop last week to some year sixes because as I said they're getting younger we kind of want to do it at that earlier level but obviously age appropriate stuff and I asked them as like a group if somebody knocked on your front door and you answered it and you didn't know them and they asked you to be your friend would you let them in your house oh my god no that's so weird never do that Okay, so when somebody adds you on Snapchat, Roblox, Facebook, whatever it is, why is it okay to accept them then? Because it's not real, but but it is real and it can become real. So and, and we kind of like at the end of it said, what's one thing you're going to take from today? They're like, when somebody sends me a friend request, I'm going to think about them knocking at my door and I wouldn't let them do that. So we were trying to give, because it is real and it can become real very quickly. That's really powerful. That, yeah. yeah, looking at it like that is really, really powerful. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah. A, it's that. That's a great way of getting it across as well. Because I mean, my my youngest now he's seventeen, um, but I years ago I had to buy a PS4 to go on with him to keep an eye on who he was. To, you know, just to. Yeah. Um, for that exact re- reason, you know, he he couldn't see that. I mean, he's a gamer, and I think you know the gaming community and the abuse that I've heard, you know, yeah. people shouting at people and you know saying things that I would never want a young exactly. person to even hear. But then obviously you're getting pestered off your kids because they want to play the 18 year old GTA or whatever it is yeah. this week, uh, and all the mates are playing it. All the mate, and you're going no. And you're the bad person, you know. The whole thing's really, really difficult to navigate, isn't it? Yeah, and perpetrators now are using games like Roblox, which is actually targeted at pretty young children. Mm. Um, I mean, I don't really understand it, but for me, you have your own world and you can play with different people. Um, but we've had, you know, a story recently that came ahead was that 
what they're doing is they're meeting them. You have your own house on Roblox or something. Yeah, my, my youngest used to play it. Not, not anymore. Yeah. Mm. You can come to my house and we can hold hands and then we can uh, hug and we can kiss. And it's doing that um, sexualized um, behavior on through a game, which is mm. actually really scary because it's teaching the children that it's okay to do with that with somebody that they don't know. So then if that was real life and someone's, you know, trying, you know, inappropriately touching them, it's about what do we t- where are those boundaries? Because it's yeah. the same, isn't it? Although it's virtual, but they're just using these platforms to kind of get in there in a different way but to for their own sexual benefit. So but it's bound it is boundaries, but it, it's it's a completely different world in so many ways to when uh Dame, it, just Damon and I were kids. In fact, we we didn't have computers <laughs> when we were kids, and certainly not. <laughs> Not mobile phones that you could carry around with you, um, no. but yet the the boundaries are becoming so blurred in so many so many ways. Not not just with what you're doing, and and it's as a young person, I don't think we give them enough credit for for the you know because they're not all bad people yeah. by any stretch of the imagination. Yet they get blamed for an awful lot. But it is yeah, it is that boundaries. It's so so blurred, and yeah. you know I think a lot of the times did you I can young people kids they just want to they just want to have a laugh you know they just want to enjoy themselves don't they and and when you start bringing into a conversation which i have and i'm sure i'm sure damien has about well you you know you've got to be careful use your common sense knowing full well that common sense is severely lacking in in a lot of young people compared to what it used to be in it that's my that's my finding i think that's the case as well um so yeah it's really it yeah. makes life really, really hard and really complicated. How how did you get into into this? How did you get into this field? Um, so I became a social worker um, in 2017. Um, and I did like, you know, your front door kind of stuff, your child protection stuff. Um, but I just, when I had teenagers on my caseload, I just, I loved it. I loved working with them and and just kind of, I just think teenagers are fascinating, you know, all the changes they're going through. Um, you know, people see teenagers as a risk. And I think the reason I went into complex safeguarding team, which was about three years ago, was because I wanted to kind of change that narrative. I'm always for the young person being at the centre of everything I do. I never talk down to my own people. They're part of everything I do. If I go to a meeting... They know I'm at a meeting about them and I've asked them, what do you want me to say? Because I want your voice to be heard in that meeting. So that's always the way that I've worked. So I think when it came up for the complex safeguarding to work with these young people, I just, it was it was just me, 100%. Yeah. That's what I wanted. Um, there's just some amazing young people that I've worked with. This young person I actually saw this morning, um, my time with her is coming to an end. Um, when we first met, there was high levels of exploitation going on um and lots of things had happened and we've worked like the last couple of years kind of just working on her and relationships for me relationships is key like you mentioned uh Damien before that lady um is it Sarah who worked at the sexual health clinic she spent time building a relationship with those girls and that's why she was able to find out that information and ultimately protect them and save them um for me that is what it's about it's not about going teaching them about exploitation this is what 
happens this is what you should do this is what you shouldn't do it's about showing them modeling a positive relationship this is what a positive relationship looks and feels like so if they there was a perpetrator in their life or they were then somebody came into life who tried to do that they would say actually when I'm with Rachel it doesn't feel like this Rachel doesn't ask that of me it's kind of showing them what a positive relationship is and what she said today I said what's been different about me um what's worked for you and she said um that you've never spoke down to me even when I've made bad choices and you've had to challenge me about it you've done it in a way of that you care about me and you're trying to work out why that happened and what was going on how I was feeling and for me that's key that relationship is the only thing that has created change for this young person nothing else um so yeah this, yeah you this must so be massively proud say that again it's people sorry. that change people not projects definitely that human interaction isn't it yeah i know you you must be massively proud oh yeah like honestly some of the young people i've worked with are actually incredible like everything they've been through in their life and they've still come out of it and working hard you know one of my own people got her own flat she's working full-time she's doing absolutely amazing and I remember when I first met her, she gave me a dirty look, looked me up and down, was like, ugh, not another. I get plenty (laughs) of those. (laughs) Yeah. It it is, it's a challenge. You you do get that. Even with with my kids, it's kind of like, well, what's he got to do with you? And, and, you know, and and I'm saying, well, because I'm your dad. Yeah. You know, although, you know, that doesn't always get get me very many places. But, yeah, they're, they're not the easiest people to work with but it is massively or it must be massively rewarding in in your situation to make that kind of real positive change because there aren't that when you think about it there aren't that many roles where you can you can see that happening no i mean a lot of the stuff that that, that we do through the charity we know we're making a, a difference but you don't always see what that is yeah. because you know people don't always tell you yeah but, but, but the flip side to that is you can also see in your position where it doesn't go well yeah so that, and, and you know we're we're a mental well-being charity um so you know it, it's so i'm i'm always curious and, and and answer this or don't answer this um but that that how do you how do you deal with the sort of your mental well-being doing what you do and dealing with what you know must be some really really awful situations yeah it's do you know what it's definitely something I've learned along my way on my journey that they're giving you everything all their trauma and then you're holding on to that and you don't know what to do with it and that's been quite tough to kind of learn how to cope with that but we're really lucky on our team we have um a clinical psychologist who um she's there to kind of like for us to go to and talk about our cases and think about what's best for that young person. Um, but she's also there to be like, do you know what? When that young person told me that what had happened to them, it's really affected me and how I'm working. And she gives you like really good kind of things to think about and different ways to, to kind of let that go and move on because you have to. You can't hold on to it because you'd never be able to do the job if you did. Um, but you still it still affects you because you build these really close relationships. And then they're telling you these really horrific things that have happened. It's really hard. Um, not as hard as obviously what they're going through. And that's how I always see it. For me, it's music. Like music, it saves me. 
Right. Um, Who do you listen to? Oh, I love Oasis. Right. Um, That's a given. Obviously. (laughs) I absolutely love them. Um, I just, I love like, I'm dead mixed me. I can be like R&B, house, proper old school. Um, Yeah, I just love it. And just like, you know, if I've dropped young person off, I'll put my music on in the car on the way home and just kind of let it. Let it be because I've got kids as well, so you've got to go and then be mum as well. So you've got to let it go. Um, but yeah, they're, they're amazing the young people. And we were talking about Snapchat for and what one thing that I just would like to say because it, I would, if anyone's listening, I think they should be aware. There'll of be it. loads of people listening. Loads of people. <laughs> um, there's a new thing that's going on. Well, I don't know how it's not that new. Um, but what they're doing now perpetrators put it on the stories um who wants cash quick or need cash who wants who wants 50 quid what 15 year old's gonna like be like I don't want 50 quid so they'll say yeah I do and what they'll do because a lot of our kids now teenagers they've got their own bank cards haven't they we're, we're becoming a cashless society so it's not like there's two pound for the shop it's like mum will you transfer me a tenner so a lot of them have got bank cards so what they'll do is They'll transfer £100 back young person's bank account. Say, there you go, go and withdraw it. Okay, so they withdraw it and they're like, okay, I've done that. Now what? Okay, we're going to transfer you some money daily and we'll let you know how much money you can withdraw. So they're like transferring like £3,000. Okay, you can take £50 out. Then they move that money somewhere else. Um, Ultimately, it's money laundering. Um, But the young person gets paid for using their bank account. Um. But then the, the banks get onto it very quickly um, and then they don't contact that young person again. And they young person's then left with a bank account that they can't use. The parent's going, what the hell's happened? The yeah. police. And they're just left with that then. So one of my colleagues, <clears throat> um, Lewis, who I work with, he's worked with one of his young people and created like a comic about it um, that hopefully we're going to get out into the communities because it's amazing. It's his story of what happened. Um, but I think it's just amazing to raise awareness because, you know, the kids are going to see it on Snapchat and they're going to go for it because it's for them it's quick, easy money. I hate Snapchat. I I, I, I've, ne- I've never liked the idea of this. Um, I mean, you know, we all use WhatsApp and that's encrypted. But Snapchat, that kind of, yeah, we send this and it disappears. You just think, yeah, that, just straight away, that that's wrong. <laughs> even in creating that you've got to you've got to know it's dodgy haven't you yeah do you know what i mean why would you create it to do that in the first place shop value it it, and and that's that's how it kicked out i mean that's how it really kicked off wasn't it it really literally was shop value um and and no no repercussions you can do really really bad things whatever you want to call them but there will be no repercussions but then yeah. people found out that you could you could screenshot and you could do that and and that's where people got themselves into an awful lot of trouble. But yeah, that's but for a, me. That's it's a what dodgy. Rachel says there. It's um, it's the long term implications of things that you do when you when you're naive and then someone uses you mm. because you that's then whether it's criminal or whether it's financial or whatever it is that's on that person's record. I mean, I've, I've worked in yeah. prisons. I've I've worked with people that have got caught up in stuff early on, but then get that feeling of I'm not worthy anymore. You know, I might as well carry on down this criminal line because nobody will ever sort of trust me again. Do you know what I mean? So the fact that you're 
you know, that you need people working at every stage, but working yeah. with people when they're young and, and discovering this stuff going on and stopping it can stop a hell of a lot of hurt, you know, Definitely. in the long term. And I, I love the idea of that comic as well. And and anything that we can do uh, to yeah. help push and promote that, 100% behind that. Mm. Um, you know, with teenagers, they, you know, with the adolescent brain, they become very impulsive. They do take risks, which every teenager does. But we had to do this questionnaire once of like the things you did as a teenager. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, oh my yeah. God, was I, just, was I at risk of exploitation? If I did it, like, if the, if it was a big thing then, I probably would have had one of me working with me because I used to do all kinds of things yeah. that, you know, but actually without, there's no abuse without a perpetrator. So when our kids are, are taking these risks because that's what teenagers do, we can't victim blame as well and say, well, why were you drinking at that party? If you wouldn't have been drinking at that party, then that wouldn't have happened to you. No, that wouldn't happen to you if that perpetrator wasn't there. Yeah, yeah. So... Because we get a lot of that, don't we? Like, oh, she was drinking, oh, she was wearing a short skirt. And we're really, like, pushing to come away from that. Because even with Sarah Everard, even last year, the the, the newspapers, the first line was, she was walking on her own, like, walking home on her own. Yeah. That wasn't the issue, was it? Like, she should be able to walk home on her own. So we get a lot of that, like, still being used like that victim blaming language for young people so that's something my team like really kind of try and challenge and and for me that just sticks out there's no abuse without a perpetrator mm. so it doesn't well, matter where that child is what i've yeah. done is, i mean youth projects and things we've done in the past whether with manx spirit or with other stuff i've always said to him can the first thing i do can i apologize because our generations let you down you know on previous because there's too much, and we we had this when we did a project in Salford recently of the of the young people being demonised and have been blamed and being mm-hmm. you know it's all their fault and it's all no it's not it's yeah. it's the older people's fault it's government's fault it's the council's fault it's it's the institutions that are in place that shouldn't be allowing this you know it's not their fault they're still finding their way you know yeah. well they took all the youth clubs away and stuff didn't they. Like there used to be so many youth clubs in it. I remember one of my young people's actually written a song about it. And one of the lyrics in it is like, you've known us for being on the streets drinking, but where do you want us to go? Yeah. You know, there's nothing in place. There's no alternative, is there? It wasn't the youth clubs that was the issue, actually, Rachel, because a lot of the youth clubs I knew when I was younger actually created gangs. You know, that's somebody would take it over. And, you know, it, it, but it was the youth workers so yeah. it wasn't necessarily the place it was the actual fact that there was a team like yourself but out there in various different ways doing football clubs doing art clubs doing you know and things like that it was that it's the lack of youth workers that is actually the issue yeah um you know we, we always say um what is it paul um it's better than bricks and mortar you know Oh yeah, I mean you know, everything we all I'm interested in is flesh and blood. I'm not I'm not interested in bricks and mortar. You know, we meet so many charities that are just asked about raising money to keep a building going. And it's like, what? You know, it's it it, it the focus should always be on on the people out there. And yeah. you know, I mean going back to what Damien was saying before, you know, there's a certain amount of personal responsibility. I mean, everyone's got you've got you've got to look at that. But then, you know, I'm saying that as someone who grew up in a loving home. And I may have had a few issues growing up, but nothing like 
what some other people have. So you, 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 yeah. you know, so so even that, and that, you know, even that doesn't always come into it. So just, I mean, I'm conscious of the fact that 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 you need to scoot off. And what I would like is just a, a, a basic. You mentioned it when we started this conversation. Out, I mean, everyone can do their bit in terms of keeping their eyes open, and and I think a lot of it probably is common sense, and. And and it surprises me certainly in Greater Manchester. One thing we're not known for is 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 not speaking up <laughs> if we've got an opinion, saying yeah. something. But maybe that maybe that's an age thing, and but more people should be willing to do it and say, "Hang yeah. on a minute, that's not right." But, and they can do it anonymously on the NSPCC website. Right. Um, it's like a really quick form, and they don't have to put their details. Some people were worried about that because in case there's any repercussions on them. So that's anonymous, and um, you can ring 101. You don't have to give your details. Um, so there's lots of different avenues you can go down. And and in terms of the exploitation, I mean, you got the critic. I mean, I don't know. It's probably a daft question. In terms of percentage wise, are you seeing a, a huge increase in? I, mean, I think you mentioned it before in, in the criminal exploitation or sexual exploitation, as in, you know, what are the things at the moment that that really seem to be. Um, I mean, you've you've given us a couple of examples already. What people are trying to do online with offering the money yeah. and whatnot, but is is there anything that's out there at this moment in time that people can keep a particular eye on? Um, the biggest thing is online. So for me, it's kind of like for parents and carers, like to monitor what they what their children are going on, and you know, not kind of like. Like I said before, they are entitled to some level of privacy. It's just about having that conversation. Is everything all right? You've seen a bit. You don't see yourself this week. Just checking in, making sure. Do you like it online? Does it feel safe? You know, having those conversations because that's a massive increase. And in terms of like the criminal stuff, like we have seen an increase in it, but I'm not sure whether it's around us. Criminal exploitation has only come to light in the last few years. And I'm wondering if, with like the ex- sexual exploitation stuff and the stuff we spoke about before in um Roth- was it Rotherham or Rochdale? I can't remember. Both. Both yeah, there was mm. it was going on in both. Um are we kind of not there yet with the criminal exploitation stuff? There's still a lot of work to be done. Um so are we just noticing it more? I think it's always been an issue. Mm. I think we're noticing it more now. There's lots of stuff in terms of like local communities where uh, vehicles are being stolen by young children and that is linked to criminal exploitation. Um, so that that is a big thing that we've seen increase at the minute. I mean, I, and I, I'm a massive believer in, in kind of gut feeling. You know, if something feels wrong, a lot of the time it is, or it's certainly worth, you know, ask, asking the questions and whatnot. Um, listen, I, I, I think you do a, an amazing job. And, you know, and let's be honest, social workers can come in for a, a bit of a kicking um, in 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 the media for various reasons. I yeah. I, I think it's a role that's massively important, um, and I couldn't do it. Um, <laughs> really, I couldn't. Um, so I think anybody that does needs massive support. Uh, and as a charity, we'll always do whatever we can to support that. And you know, get whatever you're looking to say, support you in getting that out there. And let's have a chat about that. That comic as well have you got funding yes. for that well no we've not um we've not got funding for it but 
it, he's created it. He's actually done an amazing job. Um, so we just like need to get it printed and distributed, really. Right. Speak to us about that then. Let's have a chat about that. Is he based in? Is he based in Stockport? Yeah. Right. Well, then maybe we can do that as part of one of our legacy projects for the uh, Stockport Festival. Amazing. So, and a it'll be great for for, for that individual. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, more people will listen to that and take notice of that than. And certainly, me and Damien saying yeah. anything, but let's let's have a chat about about that next week if we can, and we'll, we'll we'll have a quick call and see if we can support on that. Thank you so much. No worries. And if there's any um, any of the other young people, they don't have to be. Do you only work in Stockport, Rachel? Yeah. Right. So you you cover the Stockport area. If there's yeah. any of them that are doing something creative or want to get that message out or whatever it is, let us know because. If we don't, if we can't do it ourselves, we'll find somebody who can. You know, we'll, yeah. we'll certainly make. We'll never promise anything. We don't do that. We don't do no. hit and run projects either. So there's got to be a long term legacy to it. It's got to. Um, I don't want to inspire somebody and then walk away because I think that happens too yeah. much. We can't do hit and run projects with our ankles anyway, mate. Can we? <laughs> <laughs> Listen, thank you, Rachel. I know you've got thank a shoot you. off. Really, really appreciate it. It's been lovely oh, speaking with you. Take care. Take care. Bye. Cheers. Bye. 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 Thanks for listening to that great Mank pod. Please do us a massive favour and subscribe to this podcast. And if you can, leave us a review on iTunes. Both are a massive help, enabling us to promote the people and the great causes we champion to a much bigger audience. If you want to get in touch, give us a follow on Twitter at Great Mank Pod and drop us a DM. Cheers. You're listening to That Great Mank Pod, Greater Manchester's community podcast. Top one arcade.